0: We are continuing our series called The Domino Effect. Uh, Just as one domino knocks over another, which knocks over another, which knocks over another, our faithfulness to our Lord Jesus Christ has a domino effect. And we're looking at stories in the Bible that show the impact of our faithfulness and how that faithfulness can impact the world and change the course of history. On kickoff Sunday, we saw how one act of Adam brought a curse, but how one act of Jesus restored what went wrong. Last week, Brett talked about how Joshua's obedience to God's word had the domino effect of leading the Israelites into the promised land. Faith is not something that begins and ends with us. We received faith from someone, we will pass our faith on to someone. When we are faithful, there is this domino effect that happens. And the evil one, doesn't want us to think that we make a difference. And most of us underestimate the impact of our faithfulness. In this series, we want to stress that our faithfulness can be felt for generations. The scripture for this morning is Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 19. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament, right after the four Gospels. Um, you can also look it up on your phones if you would like. Uh, Following God always requires steps of faith. Sometimes those steps are big, sometimes those steps are small, Um, but this passage is a story of a man named Ananias who has a vision in which God tells him to do something, which is a pretty big step of faith. It's one of those, wait, you want me to do what? Kind of moments. Our scripture reader is Tim Yenay. Uh, So Tim, please make your way up to the podium as he does. If you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. Uh, We read scripture from the center of the room because scripture is the primary lens for our faith. It is central to it. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so Tim, whenever you're ready, please read from Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 19.
1: In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Tim, thank you very much. You may be seated. I think all
0: of us have had moments where we are like, how did I get here? (laughs) You know, a moment when you find yourself in a situation you just can't believe you're in. I had one of these moments this last spring at our classes Pastors Retreat. Uh, It's a retreat of reformed pastors here in the Pacific Northwest. And given everything happening in our denomination, it's important that um, the pastors of our classes have solid relationships where we get along, trust each other. So at the retreat this last spring, uh, we had some activities for us to do together. Um, things like ax throwing and bowling, that kind of stuff. Well, the camp that we stayed at had a zip line. So we thought zip lining would be a good group building activity. Now. What I think is ziplining, you know, I think of the Zip the Snake down in the canyon here, it, you know, where you kind of walk up some stairs, you get to a platform, they strap you in, and then, you know, you go. It's simple enough. Well, that's not how this zip line was set up at this camp. Um, they begin by taking us to the base of this giant tree. It sort of reminded me of the Beanstalk and Jack and the Beanstalk. It was that kind of thing. And what seemed like a mile high was this platform that you had to climb to. And I remember asking one of the camp employees, um, how old are the kids that you have do this at camp? And he said, we've had 10-year-olds do this. And I'm like, well, what about, what about 50-year-olds? Um, so I start climbing. You know, it starts with a 15-foot ladder that you have to climb. So I climb the ladder. And then at the top of the ladder, there are what I am calling these staples that they put in the tree. And these staples are what you use to climb the rest of the way up. Okay? Now... I'm strapped in with a rope, so I'm not gonna fall. But to climb, if you're climbing on these staples, you can't pull yourself up by your arms. You have to use your thighs to push yourself up. And apparently my thighs are out of shape because every time I pushed up with my thighs, it felt like someone took a knife and just stabbed it into my thigh. It was, I'm not exactly, it was so painful. And so I'm climbing up, and every time I push with my thigh, it's like a knife knife stab, knife stab, knife stab, knife stab, knife stab, as I'm climbing. Finally get to the platform, And I am out of breath. And there's another staff member up there talking to me. I'm so out of breath, I didn't hear a single word that he said. And after I caught my breath, I realized what I didn't hear were the instructions for the zip line. And the only thing I heard him say was, You can sit down on the platform if you want. So that's what I did. I sat down on the platform. And as I'm sitting on the platform, my feet dangling over the edge of it. it, it's one of those how did I get here moments because now I have to jump off this platform. And I don't remember exactly how high it was, but I remember looking down and it looked something like this in my memory. Something like that, okay? How did I get here? What am I doing? Do I really like these other pastors that much? What did I get myself into? I did eventually jump and the zip line was fun, but I'm not doing that again, I just, I just won't. Titled this message, uh, God Said What? Because for Ananias, this had to be a how-did-I-get-here moment. The Lord comes to him in a vision and tells him to do something that Ananias can't believe God would ask him to do. Go to the guy that came to town to arrest people like you. For me, it's hard to relate to this story because Ananias has a clear vision. And most of us, we don't get these kinds of visions from God. You know, so how do we know? when the Holy Spirit is leading us to do something, especially something that we would never even consider doing. Well, this story begins with a summons from God, a summons. Going back to the passage, verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Again, we usually don't get these kinds of visions, but there are two things from this story that I would like us to pay attention to. When it comes to the Spirit's leading, we need to pay attention to circumstances. Saul was going to Damascus to arrest Christians. Ananias just happened to be a Christian living in Damascus. He would be familiar with Straight Street. Ananias is also familiar with who Saul is. All these circumstances lined up for God to call Ananias. What are your circumstances? Where do you live? Who do you know? What skill sets do you have? What hobbies do you like? What interests do you have? Look around at your circumstances. What are some things that have recently happened to you? Pay attention. God has you in this place at this time knowing who and what you know for a reason. We are not just wandering through life God has us here for a reason. What are your circumstances? So we pay attention to our circumstances and we also need to pay attention to proddings. God prods Ananias to go heal Saul. Now, Ananias has a vision that he really can't ignore. There's no getting around a prodding in the form of a vision like this. So if you ever have that kind of vision, He probably should listen to it. But just because God doesn't give us a vision doesn't mean he's not prodding. It also doesn't mean he's not going to keep prodding until we can't ignore it anymore. God doesn't need visions to prod us. God will be relentless and keep putting something in front of us over and over and over again until we finally get it. Do you find yourself thinking about something over and over again? Is there this thing that you just can't forget about and it won't leave you alone? Something has struck you and you just can't shake it. It may not be a vision, but you still can't get it out of your mind. Well, that might be God prodding. And there's only one way to find out. You have to follow the prodding. This summons to Ananias... It requires him to leave his safety zone. We all have our safety zones. Those areas in life in which we are comfortable. Well, God calls Ananias out of his safety zone. Going back to the passage, verse 13. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. There is a risk with God's call. And for Ananias, the risk is going to a man who has come to arrest Christians. He could get arrested He could endanger his friends and family. He could lose his home. He might even lose his life. Just a quick little aside here. Lorianne prayed for the unrest in Iran. And while the unrest in Iran isn't necessarily centered on the Christian church there, there are Christians in Iran who, because of this unrest, are in great danger. And um, many of you know that we have personally invested in and have relationships with Christians in Iran. And this is the kind of risk they take. And so please be thinking and praying for them. Um, It is impossible to take a step of faith without taking a risk. The risk is why it's called a step of faith. Now for us, the risk could be losing a friendship or hurting a family relationship, or being ridiculed, or maybe some kind of financial loss. There is a reason we like our safety zones because we feel safe in them. Jesus calls us to have the faith to follow him, calls us to be willing to take the risk. There is risk and there is reward. Ananias got to be active in a miraculous healing. How cool would that be? to be a part of a healing like that. Well, that's worth the risk. But the domino effect of Ananias' faithfulness was much more than he ever imagined. As you know, Saul's name eventually changes to Paul. Paul writes a large portion of our New Testament. He was one of the most significant missionaries of all time. When Paul gives his testimony in Acts 22, Ananias' step of faith is included as a significant part of it. The act of Ananias' faithfulness continues to impact us to this very day. And I bet when Ananias took his step of faith and followed the Spirit's leading, he had no idea what the reward would be. We are really good at minimizing the impact we can make. Easy to think, that the steps of faith we take, nah, it's not that big of a deal. Never underestimate the domino effect of following the Spirit's leading. We have no idea. It would never have dawned on Ananias to reach out to Saul. It's the one thing he really didn't want to do, yet the Spirit led him to it. And there's a good chance that there is something that has never dawned on you, or at least you've tried to ignore it, something that you don't want to do that the Spirit is leading you to do. We can look at our circumstances, we can feel proddings, we we can weigh the risks and the rewards, but at some point, we just have to take a step of faith. There's a step to take. Going back to verse 17 of our passage, At some point, we just have to take the step of faith. It could be inviting that person to church or serving in children's ministry or youth ministry or making time for Wednesday night recharge or volunteering at the Mustard Seed or Sages Women's Center or it could be having a faith conversation with someone or it could be changing jobs because the one you're in, it's just not very God-honoring or it could be taking a step to restore a relationship or it could be going on that mission trip. I don't know what it is, that God has been summoning you to do. Something that maybe you don't want to even consider doing. I don't know what it is, but I bet you do. Um, A Couple of weeks ago, we gave everyone a domino. And we encouraged you, put it in a place, either at home, work, school, whatever, where you're gonna see it on a regular basis. And allow it to be a visual reminder of the impact you can make with a simple step of faithfulness. If you don't have one of these dominoes, we have more at the information booth. You can pick one up there. But each week, we're giving you a domino challenge. And this week is a challenge to follow the leading of the Spirit. It will require you to take a little time and slow down to hear what the spirit might have to say, but the domino challenge for this week is take, you know, set aside 10, 15 minutes to pray and simply pray, God, what is something you are calling me to do that I am refusing to consider? And just sit in that prayer for 10, 15 minutes. Imagine, if you did something you would never consider doing because the Spirit is leading you to do it. What difference could that make? We continue to feel the impact of Ananias' step of faith. What could the domino effect of your step of faith be? Please pray with me. Lord, I ask that you would soften our hearts Open our ears, our eyes, and um, just be sensitive to what it is you are calling us to do, summoning us to do. Lord, give us wisdom to discern what that might be, and give us the courage to take the step of faith and do it. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing.